in your word. And Lord, I pray that you would bless it uh, both uh, to the hearer and uh, as I would give and share what you have laid upon my heart. Lord, it may it be of clarity, uh, may it be of your leading. And Lord, I pray that you would guide, lead, and direct in each and every way. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would uh, be with each and every hearer uh, this evening. Lord, if there would be um, a, a needy heart or someone that um, maybe does not know of you, may the message this evening uh, ring clear to their understanding. So Lord, we ask for all these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to begin tonight in the book of Nahum, Nahum chapter 1. If you have your Bible, I hope you do. Nahum chapter 1, and uh, we're going to begin looking in verse number 1. Nahum chapter 1. And verse number one, Nahum one and verse one, the word of God says, the burden of Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum, the Eclishite, God is jealous and the Lord revengeth, the Lord revengeth and is furious, the Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. Verse three, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. And the Lord hath his way in the whirlwind, and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea, and maketh it dry, and drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth in Carmel, and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. Notice verse 7, Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7. The word of God says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. If you're in a habit of marking your Bible, I would mark that phrase. The Bible tells us the Lord is good. The Lord is good. You know, uh, as... As long as I've lived the Christian life, I've had to learn this very principle that God is good not just in the times which are good, but God is good in the times which are bad, just the same. You know, we often give credit to God and even praise to Him for the times in which He clearly blesses or answers prayer or does something significant in our lives. And we say, wow, the Lord is good. The truth of the matter is, yes, God is good during those times, but God is good at all times. God is good during the bad times. God is good during the good times. Uh, you've heard the phrase, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And that's uh, the very truth of the fact that there is no point in time within the Christian life that God is not good, that his goodness is not seen. And so uh, we read kind of an interesting first portion of Nahum chapter 1, where it describes in great detail the wrath, or we would say the judgment of God. And as he describes all of, all of the definitions as to what uh, wrath God was going to show upon the people, he uh, really kind of ends that thought in verse number 7 by saying, The Lord is good. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 6, the Bible says, For I am the Lord, I change not. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, the word of God says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today, and forever and this is the very definition of all that God is the same yesterday today and forever God is always good 
There is no point in time in which the goodness of God should not ring clear in our hearts and our lives. Um, once again, I, I know uh, for all that you may be going through or have gone through in life, no matter what it is that you're facing or what it is that you're looking at in life, never forget the goodness of God. And so tonight I want us to look at uh, this very idea. And in this passage, uh, I highlighted particularly four things uh, that tell us about the goodness of God. Four things that tell us about the goodness of God. We see the first of those things found in verse number two. Now, before we look in verse two, let me just give you the context of this passage. If you notice in verse one of Nahum chapter one, the word of God says, the burden of Nineveh. This is being the Assyrians. These are the very same people whom God had sent Jonah to minister to. And so God tells us that his judgment is going to be shown upon these Ninevites, upon these Assyrians. You say, wait a second, I thought they turned to God. Well, they had turned to God, and we'll look at that together. But uh, we see a clear um, uh, a description from God that although there was a turning to Christ and a repentance of their sin, they had allowed the past sins to revive. They had allowed themselves to go back into their past sins. And so the prophet is writing here concerning the Ninevites. And um, notice what he says as we look at these four things that tell us about God's goodness. Number one, we see the person of God is good. The person of God is good. If you look at verse number two, the word of God says, God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth, and the Lord uh, re revengeth and is furious, and the Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries. The Bible tells us that this uh, jealousy of God Notice that jealousy of God, verse 2, he says, God is jealous. We're not speaking of a sinful kind of jealousy. We're not speaking of a kind of jealousy that would cause God to do harm or cause God to do uh, or commit sin. But we're speaking of a jealousy of God for his people. This is not a sinful jealousy, but yet it was, it, it was God who was uh, giving opportunity to these Ninevites uh, making it clear that he would not allow any other gods, lowercase g-o-d, that he would not allow any other gods or idols to be worshipped without first making himself known. And so when the Bible tells us that God is jealous, God is jealous in the sense that he would not allow these pagan gods, uh, these other gods uh, be, being worshipped, to be lifted up any higher than himself. And so God is jealous. May I say, we have a jealous God for us. We can appreciate the, and, and should appreciate the chastisement of God and his chastening of his people. Uh, when we turn away from him and put other things before him, the Bible says God is jealous. And, and although his jealousy and his judgment, we may call it, uh, that would come upon us and trying to bring us back to himself may not be something which we fully enjoy. But yet, Understand that God does it in order and so that he can make himself known. And so uh, we see a, a further understanding of this in verse number 14. The Bible says, And the Lord hath given a commandment concerning thee, that no more of thy name be sown. Out of the house of thy gods will I cut off the graven image, and the molten image I will make thy grave, for thou art vile. He's, again, Speaking of the sin which has been committed of the children or, or of the uh, the Assyrians rather, and so uh, 
we can see the goodness of God. The goodness of God is is still yet in the midst of of this jealousy that we see of Him. So the question then could be asked of us. Uh, the question could be asked of you: Is there a God, or is there something that is coming place before God Himself in your life? The Bible tells us God is a jealous God. And so if you have not first put God in his rightful place in your life, God will make himself known. God will make himself known. So we see in the person of God that he is a jealous God. Number two, we see that God is a just God. God is a just God. In verse two, the word of God says, and he reserveth his wrath for his enemies. Understand this word reserveth is not just speaking of the sense that he is only giving wrath to the enemies of God. But it's speaking of the very fact that God reserveth, he holds back from giving wrath to even the enemies themselves. Why? Because God gives us and gives all the opportunity to come to him in repentance. This is what we see as God being just, a righteous judge. And we'll look more at that together. There is no judgment which God can show upon uh, anything or mankind uh, or any, any one of any fashion that does not show that he is just. And so God always gives the opportunity for us to come to him uh, in repentance. So God is good in that he uh, will always punish those who are rightfully uh, or who are blatantly going against him, blatantly going against uh, his uh, word, against uh, his very person. And all that God is, the Bible says, he reserveth wrath for his enemies. But God also reserveth wrath in the sense that he gives an opportunity for people to come to repentance. And may I say, Christian, no matter what it is that you're going through in life, uh, be sure uh, that if you're living in sin, that God will give you the opportunity, and he does give you the opportunity to come to him in repentance. Uh, it is not that we can fully understand God's goodness through his person until we see that he is a just God. He is a God who gives us the opportunity to come to him for repentance. That uh, really has so much connection to 2 Peter in chapter 3 and verse 9. I'll read that passage to you. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, the word of God says, uh, whereby, or I'm sorry, 2 Peter 3 verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is listen to this long suffering to usward not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance this leads me to the third characteristic of god and the very person of god is good in that he's a jealous god he is a just god but he is also a patient god god is a patient god that long suffering is god choosing to withhold his wrath it's God choosing to give us what we rightfully deserve and yet giving us the opportunity to come to him in repentance. And so uh, understand that when, we, when God is being described in Nahum chapter 1 and verse 3, when the Lord is said to be slow to anger, this is not an uncontrollable anger. This is a righteous, this is a righteous judgment. This is not an anger that his emotions are so out of control and unable to, to uh, get a handle on them. Uh, this is a patience of God, the Bible tells us. He's slow to anger. 
He's not quick to, to give us and to give, in this case, the Assyrians what they deserve, but he's slow to anger. Uh, we, can, uh, we can be thankful for the goodness of God and that he is patient with us. How many times is it that uh, we turn against Christ in our own lives, and yet God in his long-suffering, God in his patience, patience gives us the opportunity to come to him for repentance. And so God, said, God says, not willing that any should perish, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is not just for the Christian, but this is for every individual upon this earth where we all deserve to burn in eternal hell. God is good in that he gives us the opportunity to come to him in repentance. And so we see that God is jealous. God is just. God is patient. Number four, God is powerful. God is powerful. Once again, we're looking at the very person of God. In verse 3 and continuing, God says, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And great in power. There is no one or anything on this earth or that exists in this universe that is more powerful than God. Uh, The Bible tells us that God is good in that he is greater and more powerful than any nation. And he describes his power over nations in these verses. I'll read them to you, verses 3 through 5. He says, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry, and drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth, and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languisheth, and the mountains quake at him. And the hills melt, and the earth is burned in his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. And so you say, these, seem, these verses seem like terrible verses. Well, they're terrible in the sense that this is the judgment which God will show upon those who refuse to turn back to him. This is the judgment that God will give to those who do not, uh, who do not give themselves to him wholly and completely. And so we see that God is all-powerful. His goodness is seen through his power. He's jealous. He's just. He's patient with us. And we see that he's all-powerful. He's in control of all things. You say, uh, how could God be behind these, uh, these um, natural phenomenons or, or all of the, uh, the evil which exists in the world today? Uh, the Bible tells us that God is all-powerful. There's nothing that God is not in control of. And so God, in having his hands upon all things, we see that his person, his very character, is good. Notice with me, secondly, and I mentioned this already some, but the judgment of God is good. The judgment of God is good. Look at verse 6, if you have your Bible open in Nahum chapter 1. In verse 6, the word of God says, Who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Bible tells us the anger of God was being displayed on the city, and God tells us that he'll judge those who are living in sin. Understand that God's anger, catch this, God's anger is against the sin and not the people themselves. We've mentioned this even some in the past few weeks, but uh, God does not hate any person. There is no one or, uh, or anything on this earth that God hates. It, his judgment, his anger, his wrath is shown not upon 
the people as though he does not care about his people. But his judgment and wrath is shown upon the sin of his people. And so um, we see a further description of this in the book of Jonah. I'm going to read to you in, in Jonah in chapter 3. Unless you just tuned in, you would, have, you would have heard me reference in Nahum chapter 1 where the Bible makes it clear that uh, Nahum the prophet is giving reference to the Assyrians or the Ninevites who have turned back to their sin. Where in Jonah chapter 3, we had seen them turning to God. I'll read those verses to you. Jonah chapter 3 and verse 5. The word of God says, So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. The word of God continues in verse 10 of chapter 3 in Jonah, where it says, And God saw their works, and they turned from their evil way. God saw that the people of Assyria had turned from their evil ways and had given themselves to God. This should serve as a reminder to us that as God saw their works, he also sees our works. As God saw what they did, God also sees everything that you do. May it never be thought within your mind that, that you can get away with God not knowing about something. God is all-knowing, the Bible tells us, and his judgment, which he will bring upon those who turn against him, is still a picture of his goodness. Um, in Nahum chapter 2, after knowing that the, children, that the Assyrians rather have turned away from God, they've revived the, the, the old sins, um, he, Nahum the prophet describes it in Nahum 2 in verse 13. He says, Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts. I will burn her chariots in the smoke, and the sword shall devour thy young lions. And I will cut off thy prey from the earth, and the voice of thy messengers shall no more be heard. Chapter 3 and verse 1. Woe to the bloody city! It is all full of lies and robbery, and prey departeth not. And the noise of a whip, and the noise of the rattling of the wheels, and the prancing horses, and the jumping chariots. And the horsemen lifteth up both the bright sword and the glittering spear. And there is a multitude slain, and a great number of carcasses, and there is none end of their corpses. They stumble upon their corpses. In verse 4, the word of God says, Because of the multitude of the whoredoms, of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcrafts, that selleth nations through her whoredoms, and families through her witchcrafts, behold, I am against thee, God says. And so, where they had allowed the sins of their past to be revived, God makes it very clear that his judgment was to come upon them. In Romans chapter 2, in verse number 1, uh, we see yet another reference to God's judgment and he being the righteous judge. Once again, even though God would give judgment upon those that have sinned, we still see the goodness of God through his judgment. In Romans, in chapter 2, uh, the... the, um, de the Definition is given to us of those and we as Christians of how that we are not to be judging others. And so in reference to that fact, uh, the, the writer tells us about God who is that righteous judge. I'll read to you Romans chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever, in, uh, whosoever thou art that judgest. So it is inexcusable for us as Christians to be judging others. In verse 2 of Romans chapter 2, 
but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Catch that phrase. The Bible says, the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. He says there are those of you who are hypocritical in your very way of, uh, of accusing others to be uh, judging, and yet you're judging yourselves, um, judging others yourselves. In verse 4, though, once again, we're understanding the character of God. God is good in his judgment. In verse 4 of Romans 2, the Bible tells us, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing, listen to this, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The Bible tells us that the goodness of God should bring us to the point in our life of understanding that he is all that we need. The goodness of God should bring us to the point in our life where we understand that our sin is, is, uh, is not uh, worth holding on to in comparison to a life that is lived for him. And so the goodness of God should lead you to repentance. God is a righteous judge, and in knowing that he is righteous, it should bring you to the point in the end of yourself. And so we've seen that God in his person is good. We've seen that the judgment of God is good. Number three, the Bible tells us that the safety of God is good. The safety of God is good. I'll read to you again in the book of Nahum in chapter 1 in verse number 7. The Bible says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. That stronghold is speaking of Christ. You understand that stronghold is that, uh, that place of safety. It's that place in which uh, the, the people during those times would run to, uh, to, to be away from the enemy. And the Bible tells us God is that stronghold. God is that place of safety. And God is good in that he gives us a place to run to. Christian, I don't know what it is that you're going through. I don't know what place of discouragement you may be through in your life. But the Bible tells us that God is good in giving us a place of refuge. Run to God. Don't lean on your own understanding of things. Don't trust what you think is the answer. Believe that God knows the answer. Run to him. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, the Bible tells us, that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So we see that God is still good in the midst of even the hard times. And yet it is we as Christians who must run to him. We must run to Christ. Run to Christ as that place of refuge. Run to Christ as that place of safety. Don't let yourself dwell in the, in the, in the place of discouragement. Don't let yourself dwell in anything other than the goodness of God and the safety which he brings. Let me give to you the last thing here, and really probably the hardest thing when it comes to embracing the goodness of God in our life. We see the person of God is good. We see the judgment of God is good. We see the safety of God is good. And number four, the Bible tells us that the knowledge of God is good. In verse number seven, the Bible continues, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth, catch that phrase, he knoweth them that trust in him. He knoweth them that trust in him. Some would say, well, uh, how could anyone ever understand what it is that I'm going through? The Bible tells us he knoweth. Someone says, well, uh, you've never been through that. How could you truly ever understand? Well, God knows. 
God understands. And God is good. Understand the principle. God is good when the times are good. And God is good when the times are difficult. So we see the knowledge of God is good. He understands the very things that you're going through. In fact, God understands better than you could ever understand. And so it is, up, it is the point and place in our life, Christian, where we must trust in the Lord with all our heart. Not a portion of your heart, but all of your heart. Uh, once again, do, the, the question is asked, do you see that God is good even in the difficult times? If I were to uh, take a, a cake and make it available for our church and say, this cake is, is for you and this is for anyone to take of, enjoy it to its fullest, I'm sure many of you would probably have a, a piece and you would enjoy the best of it. Maybe we could give even better. We could have ice cream to go, go alongside of it and just enjoying that treat. But if I said we were going to have cake and yet rather than taking and bringing a baked cake and frozen ice cream, I instead took all of the ingredients to make a cake and all of the ingredients to make ice cream. And I said, here, enjoy it for what it's worth. There would be, for many of you, uh, many frowns and, and quite misunderstandings of trying to figure out what exactly is happening. And yet, the truth of the matter is, is the goodness of God should be seen when there is a clarity that God is giving us all that we need and is clearly good. And the goodness of God should yet also be seen even in the times that we don't understand. Even in the times that we don't see uh, clearly everything. And so, uh, James chapter 1 and verse 2, the Word of God tells us, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Listen to that. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Trust God. Trust God. Believe that He is good. Let, his, um, let Him use even the difficult times of life to do as he's promised, to bring them to good. In other words, uh, God will use good things and many not-so-good things, and he will turn them into blessings. That's why James 1 and verse 2 and 3 tells us, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, because it is through the difficult times that God uses as many ingredients to bring together to, to uh, help us to see that he is good. And so may I review with you here and, and just uh, understanding the, um, the message that, it, that we can learn of tonight. The Bible tells us the person of God is good. We see that he is a jealous God. He is a just God. He is a patient God. He is a powerful God. And then we see that the judgment of God is good. Uh, no matter what it may be, the judgment of God in and of itself it, it, it describes and displays that God is good. And then we see the safety of God is good. He is that one whom we can run to. He is that place of safety. And then lastly, we, as we've just finished discussing, the knowledge of God is good. Believing that God knows. Believing that God knows. And believing that God is good in the good times and also in the bad. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be encouraged by these things. May we see that you're good even through the things which we don't understand. May we see that and, and, and uh, testify that you are still good even in, in the, the difficult times of life. 
Help us now, we pray, as we go about our week. May we honor and please you in all that we do. We ask and pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Hope you have a great night. Look forward to seeing you all again soon.